We are Science Fiction Remnant, Season 2, a podcast for sci-fi lovers spanning across books, movies, TV shows, and games. Music provided by the Atlas. BlindKnowledge.com Anime Memories Part 2 Stink Bomb Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Science Fiction Remnant Season 2. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you find this episode as exciting to listen to as it was for us to create for you. But before we start this episode, I want to take this opportunity to present to you some podcasts we think you might enjoy. Well, check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep. Madison is on the air. What happens when 20-something Madison is zapped into old-time radio shows? The last thing I remember was working on my makeup blog. No technology. Your technology is so old, the only thing I recognize on my desk are the pens. No Starbucks. I haven't had a mocha latte in months. And no one is PC. You don't think a woman could cloud men's minds? You think men's minds are all that complicated? It's mostly just beer and video games in there. Madison on the Air serves to highlight the way we were and the way we are today with original radio drama scripts adapted to include the modern-day Madison as she joins famous characters from radio's past. Saint. Simon. Whatever. Madison Standish. Give me that phone. Johnny Dollar. My partner's Madison Standish. Hi. My name's Friday. Kato! This is the Green Hornet. Really digging Dracula's OG goth style. What if I killed freaking Sherlock Holmes? And many more. Visit us on the web at madisonontheair.com or find us pretty much any place podcasts can be found. Great. The Yanks are okay. Now let's bury that damn skunk. Yes, sir. Do you guys smell something? <laughs> oh yeah, I got tackles yesterday. <laughs> ah, I hate this part, bro. Oh god. Ten-year-olds love fart ninjas. I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess. Uh, I hope you guys are ready because this is this is definitely going to be one of those episodes. That ninja's gonna lose love his chakra, bro. I think it's gonna be a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> no point intended, right? <laughs> Oh, hello, everybody. My name is Robert, and I am your host. This is Chaos. And who do we have in the land down under? Uh, the land down under is hosting Mad Scientist Ray. Awesome. The coolest thing. With his son's fart ninja. <laughs> Careful. You don't want to drain it off his mana. It's chakra, chakra. I, need chakra. I have to put new baked beans in it. <laughs> I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of puns in this episode. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know what they say, man. You know what they say about love. If you force it, it, it love is like it's like it's like taking a shit. If you force it, it's a, it's shit. It's not a fart. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's why you gotta love freely. <laughs> okay, so. My <laughs> father always said better out than in, but I don't think he was referring to that. 
Okay, um, in changing the subject, I just... <laughs> I just what have you guys been watching? <laughs> There we go. I'll change it. Some. Okay, so I guess I'll start because uh, you know uh, I'm typically the bored, the boring one here. So you've been watching Star Trek with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> we are in uh, season seven, and uh, we are getting a little sad because uh, that's pretty much the end for the for this uh, TV series. Yes. We well, you know what they um, say: all good things. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, so far she's loving it. Um, I am excited ba -da -ba -ba -ba. because... Yeah, but how's she feeling about Star Trek? Uh, how's she feel? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I have to say that we're also watching um, Ahsoka. And that is an amazing... And, and I don't know if it's because I've seen Rebels. I've seen the entire thing. Uh, so far, my perception... Uh, is that this is the continuation. Uh, but I'm just like, I am freaking out. I mean, this is, um, I've seen so far a couple of characters from uh, Rebels. First time that I see these characters uh, live action. And I am losing my mind. This is just like, especially when I saw Chomper, um, <clears throat> Captain, um, uh, General Sandula and, and also um, someone that I've been wanting to see since the Mandalorian because she is, to me, the true Mandalorian princess, Sabine, which I never got to see in the Man that Mandalorian, which I thought I was going to. Uh, but I'm really excited I finally saw that character. Uh, it's, it's amazing. And, and again, uh, uh, there's... Throne, uh, Throne is gonna, you know, make an appearance on this uh, show. So, everybody is excited about that as well. Okay, so who goes next? Uh, I mean, I think that I might skip. I haven't really been watching sci-fi per se. I've been watching shit ton of anime uh, lately. Thanks, My Ray. Fault. Thank you, you're My over. Yeah. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. You made, you you're, made a full fledged otaku out of me. You're very welcome, man. Now I just gotta go and roam around the block, no shower for three days, and I am full, <laughs> uh, the full starter pack. Just keep away from Tokyo, man. Yeah. Don't go to Tokyo. <laughs> yep. Stinks there, apparently. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have actually been watching shock horror anime, um, but um, I've actually been watching sci-fi anime. It's called Irina the Vampire Cosmonaut, because of course you can't have a normal story. <laughs> You've got to throw something in there. You've got to have a big spanner. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, it's it's sort of an, uh, an alternate reality where vampires are a very small part of the population. They're considered non-humans. Um, they're, they're not particularly bloodsuckers. They're, they're more like um, quite, quite a lot like elves. I mean, they can drink blood, but they, they don't do it very much. But um, they are considered like um, second-class citizens. Uh, and um, it's the story of this one who's given a code name and is, they, they tell the people looking after her to treat her like uh, an object, not a person, uh, because basically they need somebody to test. Oh, this is in a this is in like a, a, a fantasy version of um, the USSR. And they need 
someone to test the space systems uh, and they don't want to send a human being up there because it would look bad if a human being died, but they don't care if a vampire dies. So um, uh, they basically train her up and send her up like like the dogs that they send up uh, in um, uh, in our world. Uh, and um, yeah, it's, it's actually quite a good story about uh, trying to live within a very... Um, controlled society and trying to make changes in that society and how difficult it is because people disappear when they're no longer necessary you know it's very it's very ussr in the 50s and early 60s uh but yeah uh, it's it's an interesting anime there's sort of a, a, a romantic subplot although it doesn't actually get going anywhere but it's all sort of bubbling under the surface but um yeah it's it's a good anime i really enjoyed it one season 12 episodes the the story sort of finishes up but it, it could go on but it doesn't have to kind of deal so um yeah it's it's a reasonably so, quick so will you agree will you agree if it's always like it never really develops on the romantic side it's just like a drama com blue ball somewhat yes <laughs> <laughs> oh captain chaos always dropping the bombs <laughs> He's not wrong though. <laughs> no. I mean, you keep wanting them to get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it. yeah I know that feeling. Yeah, like, no, I hear. I, hear it. I hear you there. Wait, wait a while. But but it does mirror the the, the development um, up towards uh, the first manned space flight by the USSR. So you know, it's it's actually an interesting watch from a scientific perspective for that. Nice. Awesome. Okay, so. I guess we can move on to our next segment. We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Monorats. We are One Accord Level 2 Podcast. This is Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable and Open Pike Night. This is Sci-Fi. Okay, if this is the first time you're listening to the show... Uh, this is a segment where we feature this is sci-fi. Basically, it's a hashtag. It's, it's, we're trying to make it a, a community. And, and this was all born from the beginning of the show. When we started the show, um, <clears throat> we love sci-fi. And we wanted to find a community and online that you could share anything and all sci-fi. And we found communities. Obviously, there's a lot of communities and very, very exciting to be in all of those communities. So I can go into the Star Trek community, talk all I wanted to about Star Trek or Star Wars and talk all I wanted about Star Wars. But I didn't quite find a community where you can talk about all types of sci-fi, especially those obscure ones. So that's when we came up with the idea of having the hashtag, this is sci-fi. And so far that has evolved into multiple chats and Discord channel and all, including our own. So if you follow um, any sci-fi love, you know, any IP that you have, or, or you're a creator uh, of anything sci-fi, it could be a, a book, it could be a podcast, it could be, a, a <laughs> it could be that, <laughs> then I invite you to not only follow the, this is a sci-fi hashtag, but also um, post, you know, post what you love about sci-fi 
and let us all enjoy. And and for some of those in that that are following the hashtag, um, you might have created another love for another sci-fi lover like we are. Uh, and, and it's it, the engagement is, is incredible, and and yeah. we're we totally love it. At this point, um, I've seen all kinds. I've seen uh, people that have discovered things that they never knew existed, and they completely have a new love for something else in sci-fi. Especially when you finish that one thing, or maybe you had that one thing a long time ago, and you are just watching it over and over again, and you encounter something that might be similar to to what you just watch what you loved and i seen people they have uh not they they refuse to watch that major sci-fi thing and they watching something else and then hearing the perspectives and and, and the passion from people that have have seen that one thing um kind of learn to love that big thing and it's surprising. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because maybe you're a Star Trek or Star Wars lover, right? <clears throat> and and I've seen it where people assume, oh, everybody has seen this by now. And you'll be surprised. There's There are people out there that obviously have heard of it because it's but all over. Well, rock, right? No, that, you know, <laughs> they, they refuse for X or Y reason, which is okay, right? And, um, and they just... They know what it is. They just haven't really had any interest in watching that. They have that other that other thing they love more, and they rather do that. And I've seen people they kind of learned and cross over, and finally watched that one thing they refused to watch, and now they're in love with it, and they have more things. So, in essence, we're all about the sci-fi love and sharing what you love to have that and other people, you know, and. <laughs> If you see me distracted, then that means you want to go to YouTube. You want to type in Science Fiction Remnant. You want to follow our channel. You want to go ahead and subscribe. You want to put the bell. Because when this episode airs a month from now on YouTube, then you're going to know why I was a little distracted just now. And yes, it's in my list. And I am watching it. And I'm we'll do an episode. Man. And we're we're doing an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your, your, you know, out of all the stuff that I just said, do you have anything in particular that comes to mind? Because this hashtag and this movement, I mean, it, it has evolved to more than just a hashtag right now. And, you know, multiple chats, Discord. I mean, we have it, obviously, we always had it in our Discord. So if you have never, um, if you if you use Discord and you're not in our server, I invite you guys to um, join. <laughs> but um, out of all the stuff that I just talked about, <laughs> what is your experience? And they're trying to get me off the... Yeah, and I told you guys, this is going to be full of puns. And if you notice, if you're, <laughs> if you're looking at the description, the description on this show, or you're looking at just the title, you know what we're talking about. Uh, you, so, you need some wake NATO. <laughs> there you go. So based on what I have uh, said and knowing that we had had this 
movement for so long now. Um, is there anything that you want to point movement. out? <laughs> <laughs> movement. Uh, is there a particular thing that comes to mind? Uh, I have been do dodging Ahsoka spoilers <laughs> so long this week. You have no idea. <laughs> Yes. So Ray, Ray is all ready to go like la, 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 la. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, I mean I mean this is sci-fi is is that gateway wing where you can meet with everybody. Uh so and it's a collective movement. So so everything that I the only thing that I want to say to everybody is just keep on using it. Whenever you're going to post something and you have space for an extra hashtag and you're looking for ideas, use hashtag this is sci-fi. It's pretty cool. And Robert, by the way, if I got any hate mails, where do you can call to call uh, and leave a voice message so they can actually express their love? Yeah, you. if you have, uh, if you want to express your love for our very own Captain Chaos. Or, or anything else. Or anything else, right? Hey, hate, hate is stronger emotion than love. So I <laughs> or if you want to send your hate mail. Uh, or, or, you know, let's not stop there. If you have a message for, for me, a message for our math scientist, uh, you want to talk about a show that we have done in the past, you have some opinions, or you want to tell us, hey, you know, you haven't done that thing that I love so much, you could actually call our hotline. It is 1-305-563-6334. And oh, uh, leave it there. You, uh, you might be in our next episode. So, uh, Ray, is there anything in particular that you can pinpoint about the, the and I want to call it the movement, because, like, calling it a hashtag, uh, it's, it's beyond a hashtag right now. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what has been your, uh, an experience that you can recall that has been, uh, you know, like, kind of awesome uh, about, you know, being inside that movement? Well, I mean, it's, it's just... A, you find out about how many people really love sci-fi. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm not having a go at the people who are just, you know, casual sci-fi enjoyers, but um, there's some people out there who are just, you know, live, sleep, eat, bathe, and, you know, can't stop talking about sci-fi. And some of the stuff they know is just incredible. And all you have to do now is go on to X and... Um, don't get confused with triple X or you'll be looking at the wrong thing. Yeah. But you go into X and you, <laughs> all you have to do is type in hashtag this is sci-fi into the search bar. And all the people who have tagged with that hashtag, which is right there, uh, Captain Chaos is waving it around in his video feed. Uh, <laughs> I used to be one of those guys that hold the sign and just flips it around. You will, you, will, you will find those people who are mad keen about sci-fi and be able to connect with them immediately and see what they're watching and see what they're excited about. And it opens your options to um, new things to check out, especially if you've, you're suffering from um, like um, series final uh, depression. Oh, yes. <laughs> you need a rebound. Which is terrible. <laughs> yeah, you need a, you need a, re a rebound sci-fi. And of course... Uh, a lot of people are sort of like, oh, yeah, but I want people to know about what I really like. Put the hashtag on it, and then people will find it. And then you will be sharing what you love. Yeah. And um, that's one of the great things about it. It's not just finding what other people love. You can share what you love as well and get it out there to people who aren't normally in your wheelhouse and um, get more people interested in it because there's nothing wrong with getting more people to talk about your favorite thing. Hell, yeah. That's the funnest part. That's the funnest thing, man. 
Yeah. Okay, so I think we can move on to the next segment. Shout out. Well, first, I want to remember everybody that we're part of the Blind Knowledge Net Podcast Network. So don't miss this awesome variety of content creators that make part of this awesome community. Go to visit www.blindknowledge.com and have fun. Now, for our mentions, I want to start with Admiral Planet Frontier and his tag on X or Twitter is Dex Lower. Go and check him out. Thank you so much for the continued support and always sharing our content. Go to their X and Twitter account and check them out. Always bringing fun content. The next one is Robopulp, and you can find his uh, account on Twitter to Robopulp. You are the real MVP, man. Thanks for always being one of our top supporters. Everyone, you should go to his account too. Give him a follow and check his blog. Awesome content all the time. Uh, the next one following actually is a dear friend of ours. It's a podcast called The Podcast That Wouldn't Die. And you can find their, their account on Twitter, T Podcast TW Die. Uh, stop the show now and go and check them out. They are so much fun to listen to. And thanks for the continued support. You're all the best. Last but not least, Cinema Rico. And you can find their tag as Cinema underscore Rico. The Burn. The Burn is awesome, guys, right? Oh, heck yeah. And I will tell everybody to go check them out. Awesome podcast bringing some of your favorite all-time classics. Listening to The Burn, talking about all these awesome movies makes me wish I was living back in the 80s. Must listen. Don't miss them out. It's so much fun. And that's all for today's. Awesome. I could see Captain Chaos with a perm. Yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah. The big hair and, and the shoulder pads. Yeah, I think he'd, he'd look oh, yeah. Flock of Seagulls. Bellowing Cup. Flock of Seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> I have a picture of Flock of Seagulls. I actually did the, 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 the hair. Like oh, that. in the next episode, can you come on with that hair? I don't have it anymore. <laughs> my hair. Shit, my headphones are banging my ears. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna keep it PG. Don't, don't be an enabler. Don't be an you, enabler. you keep it PG. Oh come on! Who are you and what have you done with you? I'm trying to contain myself, man. Okay. No, <laughs> oh God! I hope you guys like the fart jokes because there's a lot more coming. <laughs> oh God! No funny thing, right? Um, <laughs> Gio's been eating baked beans for a week now. <laughs> I just had Sancocho, bro. That's like a bean soup. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so should we move on to the next segment? <laughs> quick, quick, move on. Before the cloud gets to us. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, so um, as per usual, uh, I was This is Ray segment. The <laughs> story is... I, I couldn't convince these guys to come on because they were too busy playing D&D, but uh, I was over on uh, Radio Chaos, uh, Voice of the Leader Army, uh, on um, the Leader Army channel on uh, YouTube. It was episode 178, Alita, the surprising inspiration for Street Fighter's Cammy. Now, you hear that title and you go, really? You think so? I was amazed. Like, I, I, didn't, know much, I didn't know much about Cammy, but... Oh, there's I did. a lot of similarities and cammy came out like as a as a character in street fighter mm -hmm. um a couple of years after the original um manga 
with um, Galley slash Alita in it came out. Yeah. And the similarities, like, you know, the, the, the marks on the face, the amnesia, um, both combat chicks. Um, there was a whole bunch of different um, different similarities. They, mm -hmm. they both do the Octolips thing. Um, a lot of their fighting techniques are similar. Panzer Kunz has a lot of similarities to the fighting style Akemi uses. Um, it's just like so many different things, even to the point where uh, I think it was Street Fighter V, somebody modded in um, uh, a leader into the uh into the game like modded the character of cami to a leader and it's almost spot on i'll just do a quick screen share see if i can get this to work uh that one there that one there press the button mark idiot there we go Nice. But as you can see, uh, Kemi's moves work perfectly well for a leader. Um, and yeah, uh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of similarities. Um, I was amazed. Awesome. But yeah, that's um, that That was the topic. And uh, we had a lot of fun with that. And uh, yeah, it was a good stream. Nice. Nice, nice man. Yeah. And, and if you're... Um, like familiar with Street Fighter or love it as much as I did. Um, it brings me back, you know, to a time where um, I used to play a lot, a lot of video games. Um, then you you can definitely relate. So I invite everybody to uh, go into YouTube and find the Alita Army channel uh, and listen to that um, episode. We really enjoy it when we, when we come on the show. Yeah, we always like to have you guys on. Awesome. So, are we holding it, or can we just let it go? <laughs> uh, I think I think it's been getting out already, hasn't it? <laughs> hey guys, have you heard about the movie Constipation? <laughs> it hasn't come I, out I, yet. I, it hasn't I, come I, out yeah, yet. Yeah, I held off going to see that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, so um, I, I hope we have a plot. Do we have a plot? <laughs> I have a plot. I have a plot right here. It's all good. Okay, so um, just for uh, context sake, uh, this is actually the second part of uh, one that we already did. If you go back to Magnetic Rose, uh, which was ooh, 10, 12 episodes ago, something like that. Yeah, go, um, go, go ahead and pause us right now and, and go to our catalog and scroll down. Uh, and uh, the episode is actually called Anime Memories Part 1, Magnetic Rose. And it, uh, if you look at the, the artwork, it's basically like a rose. Uh, and go ahead and listen to that and come back to us. And this is actually Part 2 to that episode. 
so the the two stories aren't connected in any way but they're mm -hmm. they're a collection from the same uh writer so uh, they're written by the same fellow um uh, yeah. so um this was released in 95 um it's the runtime for the, the three stories is 113 minutes uh i gotta say that the last story didn't really have the punch of the first two i thought um but certainly the first two are well worth checking out okay so the plot of this one which is called stink bomb and you'll find out why very shortly. <laughs> Lab technician Noboro Tanaka, battling the flu, mistakes some experimental pills for cold pills and swallows one. The pills are part of a biological weapons program reacting to the flu shot already in his body. Tanaka soon develops a deadly body odor that becomes a walking weapon of mass destruction. While taking a nap, the odor he emits kills everyone in the laboratory. <laughs> this laboratory is off in the in the mountains, um, sort of like a, a research <coughs> retreat kind of place. Horrified, he reports the incident to headquarters, as as they instruct him to deliver the experimental drugs and uh, details of the the experiment to Tokyo. Meanwhile. The odor he emits grows stronger to where it affects several miles of the surrounding area, killing every living thing that smells his odor, except flowers and plants, which are seemingly strengthened by the odor, and they, they, um, they flower, in, even if it's out of season. The odor is so potent that neither gas marks or, or NBC suits offer any protection against its effects. His odor kills everything in the Yemen Yamanashi Prefecture, including 200,000 inhabitants of Khufu City. Yeah. <laughs> That's one hell of a fart. Gio, you've been outdone. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nobu continues on to Tokyo, unaware of the death his smell is causing, but the rest of the country is in a complete panic. The herd the head of the research company and the Japanese military deduce that Tanaka is causing the poisonous gas and order him to be killed. The Japanese self-defense forces try in vain to stop Nobu, causing immense collateral damage to the Japanese countryside, but to no avail, as the chemicals on Nobu's, Nobu's smell interfere with the targeting systems of their weapons. Pretty neat stuff, really. The US military, who have been observing the situation to this point, utilizes Japanese policy to take over the operation and calls in a NASA unit with spacesuits to try and capture Nobu alive. Uh, apparently they were also involved with the funding for the project, so they were involved with the project, just doesn't mention that here. After Nobu enters the tunnel, unaware of the military operation, the Japanese army collapses part of the bridge uh, and the tunnel behind him, trapping him with only one way out. They turn on wind generators and attempt to stop the odor's direction. As the U.S. military in spacesuits approaches Nobu, he becomes scared, disabling the lights and wind generators. So the more nervous and scared he gets, the stronger the stink and its effects on technology and biologicals. This stuff, I reckon it's more likely to be nanites, you know? Yeah. I mean... I could see I could see a chemical smell causing 
localized death and destruction, but all the other effects. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll park my logic at the door until we get into the discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh, nobody comes scared, disabling the lights and the wind generators. After the cloud settles, only one soldier has gotten out of the tunnel, assuming he managed to capture Nobu. The soldier brings the suitcase with the experimental drug to the military headquarters in Tokyo. The visor opens, and instead of the US soldier, Nobu is inside the suit, still unaware that he's the source of the biological contamination. He then opens his exosuit, killing everyone in Tokyo. Obliviousness. Bad day for oblivion. Tokyo. Bad, bad day for Tokyo. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, Tokyo stinks. Which, by the way, if you can see behind us, that's basically Tokyo in the smoke coming from this guy. Yeah. So, yeah. He's, uh, he's on fire. <laughs> wow, man. It's, it's always Tokyo, man. First Godzilla oh. and now it's a fart. What a relief. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. That ink is going to run out of chakra, bro. I got to put some more baked beans in it. <laughs> well, l- let me, before I continue, let me go ahead and put the, the, the message that has been going around all the time when um, the plot was being read. <laughs> so, there's a disclaimer. You have, you, you kind of have to like fart jokes. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. This, and this is the part that I was saving. I mean, we, we were actually talking about the, <laughs> we were talking about this in the, in the, in the pre-show. Um, this, this is what I was going to say and what I was saving for the, the, the talk here. Um, this is a very dark episode. It's black humor. It is very, very dark. Um, I, I, I think for me, and, and, and I'll let you guys analyze this for a minute. You, you guys know me better than anybody else here so far. So um, I think that, that helped minimize the humor for me. It is still funny, but I think if I did not concentrate on that aspect of the story, it would have been a lot funnier to me i think as maybe as funny as it is to um our very own captain chaos which is the person who recommended this episode what do you think about that oh this is this is utter chaos and that's why that's why Gia likes it. i mean <laughs> i mean it's hilarious the, the the level of oblivion that this guy has hanes it's just a whole new level of it, you know? It's like, what's wrong with a person? He's, he's special. I mean, he's a researcher, right? He's used to cause and effect and, you know, observing and working out what's going on, and yet he's oblivious. Yeah, Thank completely you. oblivious. Completely. Thank you. I, I can understand school kids being oblivious, right? Because they're school kids. They don't have all that much experience. Their job is not to observe and report and understand. Right? Yes. His yeah. job is now he had the flu, admittedly, mm-hmm. but it didn't look like it was affecting him too much once he was on the road. So he's got he hasn't got that excuse. <laughs> so so I understand, right, that the flu 
and how he was feeling would be, you know, an explanation as to why he took the red pill, not the blue pill. And, and I understand why, you know, the confusion. You know, he was told, go ahead and take the blue pill from the red bottle. And he understood and the red pill from the blue bottle. He's a tonic. I, 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 I understand that. You know, he's not feeling well. He misunderstood. But there's a bigger question. <sighs> who, who leaves a fucking bioweapon on their desk and doesn't lock their office door? The only excusable reason <laughs> I can think of is that it's better hidden in plain sight, you know? Well, but you know, let me play a little, and you hear me out here. So, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're already gonna be on the negative when I say this. Let me play the devil's advocate. As usual. Okay. They did explain later on in the show their reactions to this medicine, well, not this medicine, this chemical compound should have. And the reaction that we are actually looking at that actually happened to this dude was not the reaction that it was supposed to have. It's a combination of the chemical reaction between whatever the injection was and the pill that he took. Now, <clears throat> when I heard that, I'm kind of like, I bite because let's take it, let's take it uh, down a notch, right? When a doctor gives you a pill, right? This is what you got to take for whatever illness you have. They have already sent for blood tests. They actually analyze your chemical compound. And they know the frequency and the intensity that they need to give you this medicine in. And not only that, but they schedule you for a checkup, maybe six months later, maybe a month later, depending on your illness to see how you're progressing or if this medicine is giving you secondary effects that are not what they were intended. So if you take that pill and give it to someone else, that is what the problem is because you don't know their reaction. You know the reaction of that pill on your body because it was already tested. But when you give it to someone else, you don't know what's going to happen. You could assume based on what the medicine is going to do, but you have no idea because they haven't tested this person's chemistry and compared to that medicine and how is it going to do. So when I heard that, I was like, I bite because he wasn't supposed to be taking this in the first place. <laughs> and now he takes it, but he has other stuff in his body circling. So that combination was what created the stink bomb. Now, what do you guys think about that? Because that's something that I was like, when I heard it, I was like, hmm, I, I, I bite. I definitely bite. Um, since I'm the less knowledgeable, I'll take just a, a run at it real quick. But I think that the desired effect was kind of predetermined. If not, the main scientist, the head, the, like the head scientist of the laboratory, wouldn't be that freaked out. So... So it was expected a catastrophic side effect from it. Because before they could die, the guy already was running frantic looking for him, knowing that something bad was going to happen. So this had been tested to a point that 
you could expect uh, a normal outcome anywhere you are tested in any other body. Totally agree with Ray. It's dumb and stupid to leave this thing up plain sight. Once you know this, I you agree know. with that too. I mean, he's definitely not playing the scientist if he's leaving something that dangerous on the top of his desk. Even yeah. if he's even if he's inside this this lab that has security, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, I think I think that that scientist is part of a brand new movement called Moronism. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! So. I, I, I want to hear Ray's opinion on this because he, he probably has a better insight than I do, but I, <laughs> yeah. Everything dangerous in the lab is locked up tighter than a fish's asshole. That's all I can say. Damn, and, bro. And something that dangerous would never be left out. There'd, there'd be protocols to like, if you needed it, you'd have to get signed in triplicate and there'd be two people at all times and it'd be multiple locks. You know the keys for launching nuclear missiles? Where you've got to turn both of them at the same time. That sort of shit, right? You'd have some serious security on this crap. <laughs> you wouldn't have it sitting on a desk in a bottle without a without a lock or a code or anything on it. That's just bonkers. So, what is your thought on what I said earlier about the chemical composition in combination with multiple chemicals in your body that were well, not expected? As as somebody who rattles when they walk because of the number of pills they've got to take at the moment after having open heart surgery, um, they are always looking at uh, cross reactions between different treatments, especially if you, you've got more than one problem at a time. And there are certain um, medications that you just can't take at the same time. You will have a very bad reaction. Now, having said that, there's also... The differences between people's bodies. Some people have allergies to certain things. Um, I've known quite a few people who couldn't take codeine. Um, that would mess them up something horrible. Um, but this is more a reaction between reagents, right? So the medis, medica, medications are reacting. Now, we, we don't get an explanation of exactly what they expected this biowarfare agent to do, mm -hmm. whether or not, you know, you'd you take it or, or you, you know, you, you, you'd sneak it into the medicine supply of a country and a whole bunch of people would take it. And then, you know, that the, these would be localized um, sort of uh, biogassing warfare incidents, sort of like, a, a, like, like terrorizing the populace or what have you, or whether it was supposed to have this sort of wide ranging effect. I suspect it wasn't. I suspect that this was way out of proportion for what yeah. they were expecting it to do because it was reacting with whatever was in the flu vax jab that he got. Now, generally, if somebody gets um, gets the flu, it's a bit late for a vaccination. So it probably wasn't a vaccination. It was probably some sort of antiviral or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, now, this being the 90s, they, the antivirals weren't as well developed as they are now. But even so, antivirals aren't nearly as effective on viruses as, say, antibiotics are on bacteria. So at the moment, we don't expect as much out of an antiviral as, as we do out of an antibiotic treating the correct sort of infection. 
Um, so, you know, he had a virus. He was given a shot of some description. I don't know exactly what was in it, but one would think it might have been an antiviral. And um, then it interacted with whatever was in this pill. And, uh, yeah, you got the um, cloud of death <laughs> that was emanating from his body. Now, there were some things about it that just seemed ridiculous, and there were some things about it that seemed quite sensible like the fact that he was so hungry his body was producing all this gas yeah i mean that energy had to come from somewhere so his metabolism was running at a mile a minute probably trying to to generate all this stuff and that's why he was so hungry so that made a whole lot of sense now how the the gas cloud was supposed to affect targeting systems <laughs> um from tanks that were you know um, on the other side of the valley and I don't even know if the wind was blowing in their direction at the time. <laughs> but, um, uh, I mean, you know, if, if they were guided munitions, like all the missiles and stuff from, from helicopters, that made a whole lot more sense because you could throw off guided weapons, but unguided weapons fired from a distance, I don't know exactly how it would have affected them. But um, apparently it did. I mean, you, you've got to give a little bit of leeway to the story. Um, yes, yes. In in that it wouldn't have worked if everything made perfect logical sense, but um, I, I'm going into writer mode at the moment. Um, I wouldn't have been happy with the level of realism in the story if I'd written it, but of course um, I didn't. So you know, whoever wrote it, I mean, they found it funny. You know yeah. that this this thing could do this these amazing stuff. One human-sized biological organism producing that much gas uh, is, gray. is unlikely unless it's Geo, right? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only our very own Captain Kim. And, and I had to be on Taco Bell burritos for like a month for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and obviously people in Japan don't do that because no. they don't want to die. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so um, yeah, but I mean... <sighs> I could see it if it was like he was infecting other people who were then going on to infect other people because the biomass would increase exponentially. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even if, you know, as the people were dying, their bodies produced a whole bunch of gas. Well, that wouldn't behave like a virus then, right? Because well, if it's contagious others and colonizing other bodies, that's kind of like a virus that kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, um, you can get certain effects, certain things that kill people cause certain effects in the body. And I could see that, you know, you'd be killing the infected, but not quick enough that they couldn't produce some more gas and infect other people. So I could see it sort of spreading out, but they wouldn't necessarily for the story have wanted that because then they wouldn't have been focused on him because it would have been spreading in other directions as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the whole focus was this one guy, which made it a little bit unrealistic for him to be able this to one oblivious that much guy. gas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could I could see if you know people who were dying produced a small amount of gas and and made it spread a little bit further to to justify the amount of effect that it was having. But I mean, he was gassing entire valleys. Yeah. Himself, which which seemed a little bit far fetched. And apparently it was linked to his emotional state. So yeah. the more stressed or freaked out he was, the more uh, sweat. And when the sweat came out 
of his body, somehow it became gaseous. And, and well, just... that's what sweat does when it's cooling you down. It gassy. Yum. <laughs> so... But I mean, yeah, the, the, whole, the whole idea of it affecting targeting systems and destroying electronics, um, I'm not quite sure how that would work, and especially with sealed units. Um, but, uh, I mean, if, if there was nanites in there, yeah, if that would his be... body was producing nanites and ejecting them into a gas cloud. That Is it possible to produce biologically nanites? Not today. Well, well that we know of. Oh, um, yes, that we know of. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, I mean, the closest thing that I can think of to technology wise that we have, well, biotechnology is RNA, which is a genetic code that can give an order to restructure molecularly to your DNA, right? Well, yes and no. There's a lot more to RNA. I mean, everybody has RNA in them. RNA is the sort of messenger code between your DNA and your protein producing. Uh, parts of your cells and you know bacteria swap rna when they're when they're um, increasing their genetic diversity and all this sort of stuff so uh, rna there's a lot of rna in the environment there's a lot of rna in our bodies um so i mean scientists are using rna to um uh change the genetics of organisms because that's one of the things that it can do but it's not the only thing that it can do I I want to say I would forget I would forgive the story for controlling unguided weapons and all that stuff if I compare it to the fact that this guy survived such an impressive military attack. <laughs> yes. I mean, I That's told part of the comedy. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. I was still in geo. Listen. At this point, when he came out of the bridge and all the helicopters and, and planes were there and they all shot at the same time at him. And he and don't forget the Navy. The, the Navy, Navy was from launching, the was from, launching cruise missiles and shit at him too. <laughs> cruise missiles. I mean, it, again, and I say this, don't take uh, take my comment with a grain of salt because this is a comedy and that's the reason why you see it. This is why it was so funny about it, the fact that the whole country was attacking a single man, Navy, Army, Air Force, <laughs> Marines, everybody, all at the same time. And, and this they guy fell at it with flying colors. <laughs> exactly. So that's what's so funny about it. But I was like, you know what? The, this, this movie would end it right here. That's it. <laughs> that little motorcycle was tough. Yeah, I won one of those, man. <laughs> It was like, what, was 60 miles from, uh, no, 60 kilometers? What is that? And in, in, so it's actually even, it's like, what, 30 miles a, an hour? 16 kilometers? 60. Yeah, like 30 miles an hour is 28, 29. Oh, my God. So it's like a freaking, uh, you know, scooter. Yeah. <laughs> it was a delivery moped. <laughs> against a tank. Um, a tank, a battalion of tanks. A battalion of tanks, a battalion of F fours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was this. Actually, the, the the military artwork in this anime was quite impressive. It yes. reminded me a lot of um, Gate, uh, the anime Gate. Great anime. Uh, 
yeah, in, in, you know, the military stylings and everything. So if you're into military anime, this is worth a watch just to see, you know, all, all, all the, the 90s era um, uh, military technology, F4s and, and um, gun, uh, what were the gunships, the, the helicopters? Um, trying to think what they were. Cobras? I think they were Cobras. Hold on. I forgot the name now. Um, Apaches. Ah, right, right. Apaches. Apache. Yeah, Cobras were before Apaches, I think. But yeah, they, they, the Apache attack helicopters mini. Um. <laughs> Man, it was uh, impressive. You look up at the sky and the sky is filled with aircrafts. <laughs> and if you look down, it's filled with tanks and military weapons. I mean, uh, military uh, personnel. And there's this guy on the moped. <laughs> hey, the good thing is that grandma survived. Yes, poor grandma. But that's another conversation that we had. This guy's supposed to be a scientist, right? And and the grandma, he's supposed to know his grandma, right? Because it's part of the family. They know each other. And the grandma is telling him, don't go to Tokyo. What does he do, uh, Gio? Literally, literally. She says, don't go to Tokyo. You, They say you will endanger everybody. Uh -huh. It doesn't get more clear than that. No. A five-year-old understands that. And what he does? Say, this moron is in complete oblivion. Complete but oblivion. But but the his boss's 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 boss told him to take it to Tokyo. Yeah, <laughs> he's a bigger idiot. <laughs> and and boss. he's a salary man. He he yeah. does what he's told. A hierarchy of of standards are like backwards in there, bro. <laughs> I don't give a shit what my boss tells me. If everybody's gonna be in danger, that's more important, you know. Oh my you think god. So. Yeah, like, oh, no, mean, I'm gonna get fired. I mean, what he could have done. <laughs> what he could have done was told them to send a representative from the company, and he could have put them down and backed off. Yes, <laughs> the other guy could have come pick them up, or picked it up in the in the spacesuit. That's the thing. It was it, it was a collective collaboration. It was a, a collective of stupidity. Yes, because the directive neither handled it properly. None uh, of a, them. None a of a collective foobar. Yes. 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 I mean, none of them. They were just as panicked and freaked out as he was instead of asserting properly the whole situation and getting a good solution plan for it. I mean, <laughs> the guy knew what he was asking of him and he still told him, oh, you got to bring me that. But why wouldn't he realize this is the only guy alive and he took that? He's killing everybody. No, he, he freaks out because he called the police. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Get out of there before the police show up. Yeah, like they're gonna make it there. <laughs> yeah, he had all the time in the world, and I understand why he's why you yeah. said that, Captain Chaos. Oh, I have. But, a... I mean, I fantasize about having something like that. I will be left alone for sure, enjoying solitude and monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't go to Tokyo, so no. you know. And, and you could enjoy the flowers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask a question. This this portion of this movie was it? Do you think was like? Around 30 minutes long, just about? Yeah, something like that. More or less, yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you guys. That would make this 30-minute 30 min 30 section of the movie into five minutes. <laughs> where, the shorter. <laughs> where the story ends, right? If, if we wanted to make this what we just saw realistic, which let me, let me put a disclaimer here. We're not implying this because the way the story is told is funny and that's the intention. 
right? That's that's why he didn't die when he got the massive attack. Exactly. From the whole battalion. That is the intention. So I'm just putting an alternate reality here. From the assuming this guy is a scientist, a real scientist, not what we saw here, this comedy comedic version of a scientist. If he's a real scientist, and he has taken somehow, and let's not go with it with a storyline here where he just found it in a in a, in a you know uh, a desk and took it because that's still not realistic. But somehow he takes the wrong pill, and and is and something like this is expected to happen. Can we guess what would that person what that person should have done in a realistic way? Well, I can I can venture to guess right away that in real life, having a compound of such, the moment that an alert is thrown, everything goes in lockdown. Yes. And probably mm -hmm. he will get locked down in a vacuum sealed place where he will get killed or maintain a life in some way or another. I am sure that that kind of technology we do have, where we, we have facilities that could create that lockdown to create more security. So we're able to pander around, around and experiment with highly destructive or dangerous uh, compounds like that. You know, there's no other way. Any other way than that will be very neglective to the environment. It could be a, a catastrophe. And, and Ray, go ahead and give me your thoughts on, on, that, <laughs> on that question. Uh, I, well, you got to give Ray mental I, diarrhea. No, well, <laughs> in, in the story, there's, there's a lockdown. Um, he turns on the alert system that his chief had turned off for some reason. Uh, we never did find out why because the guy was dead. Uh, and um, immediately all these. Um, barriers started dropping in the hallways. So basically that place did have a containment um, emergency system. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how he got out after that. Yeah, he turned me it neither. Because he was in the, in the office where he could turn it off. Um, I, would, I would think that any system like that would require an outside interference to turn it off. I don't think it would allow people just to wander out if you've got biohazards of that caliber in there. But I mean, the guy had it on his desk. So. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Uh, so, I mean, I, I mean, if, if this was, had any sort of reality in it, then it never would have been that available. He would have had to have got into some sort of seriously secure containment system to get that material out. Now, interestingly, when he got the pill out and looked at it and lifted it up, it was there was little little motes of light in it, like like reflections in the in the granulation inside the pill, because half of it was red and half of it was clear, and he could see the material inside it. That kind of makes me feel like maybe they were nanites. Yes, yes. That that because when I first saw it, I went, oh, "That's interesting." So, so yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. Maybe it was a, a two-pronged thing. It had it had some sort of biological component and sort of, some sort of technological component, which would explain how it inf inf interfered with the targeting systems. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, we never got explained what it was. 
Yeah. Like the even even like when they were briefing the the prime minister, there was no detail. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell him what it was. They were very ambiguous about that. Actually. Oh yeah. So and you know the U.S. military was involved, but they didn't want anybody to know what it was either, and they just wanted to capture the guy because it was a test subject. Yeah. So in the interest of science, and this is where I was trying to get to. Only and the reason why I was asking this oh, is boy. because I noticed that uh, that's pretty much where the Americans in the story were going for. Um, mm. And let me rephrase the question. Let's in the interest of science, let's assume that this person took the spill as part of some sort of experiment uh, and they discover as part of the experiment this side effect, right? Let's assume this is like a, a legit experiment which shouldn't be on human testing anyways, but let's this disbelief for a moment. It's being held, it's being undertaken by the Umbrella Corporation. So the, exactly, it. exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> we get zombies later. Um, so what would that guy being a real scientist would have done in a situation like that. I'm assuming that he's already in a control environment and he's sealed. Um, I mean, there'd be no story if he didn't try to get to Tokyo. So, and you know, he went through a lot to get there. I, I applaud the guy for his tenacity. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 he escaped he, a, a military attack, you know? But but he leapt on one of the guys who was wearing the spacesuit and ripped it off and then climbed in and didn't tell anybody. Somehow. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty uh James Bondish, if yeah. you ask me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was really surprised about that one. I, I kind of expected it when I saw only one spacesuit walking in when they say, Oh, the guys are back. It's like, well, guys, there's only one. <laughs> so he killed them all. Yep. Well, I don't know. I, I if if the if the gas or the nanites or whatever was contained in the suit, so that he could travel the rest of the way to Tokyo without killing anybody. How did it get in there in the first place to kill those guys? Oh, I think that uh, the scene when he kind of went berserk diarrhea on them on the on the tunnel, and they were like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like furious. It really made like... me... You nearly made me choke when you said that. <laughs> that was the idea. <laughs> but, but you see, like there were like like green lightning thunders coming out of it too. Yeah, I think that that was the factor. Again, oh, so very so the fantasy guy. so so the spacesuits were technological, so he sh- he shut them down. Yeah, it's like he, he has a a fart bomb that goes like EMP of electronics. <laughs> EMP fart. EMP fart gun. We we should do the hashtag, man. There you go. That's the technology. <laughs> EMP fart gun. Nuclear Taco Bell. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> here, here's your ha- here's your hashtag, man. You know, when I was a kid, and, and like I used to play side by side video games with my brothers, <laughs> and I wanted to piss them off. Instead of farting, I would do like farting, so I would be just quiet, and I would just do like, <sighs> and they would just run off and start cursing. I'm like, motherfucker, you shit it. <laughs> oh my god anyway <laughs> just just don't follow through that's all i ask if you're hey, watching this hey, video on youtube you know can, the hashtag I only fake orgasm i can fake a part too bro <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Besides, one of my brothers says that whoever denies a fart denies a, t- a son. I don't deny farts. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from the depth of me. Oh, God. Oh, it is It is very on point for this film, I think. Yep. <laughs> I'm confused now. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Oh, God. So, yeah, uh, if you guys were wondering... Um, it, it it is it is this chaotic because we would not expect anything less from our very own Captain Chaos. Our and now he's got a functional computer and doesn't get cut off every five seconds. Exactly, yep. he can just readily wreck us. <laughs> no more no more wind bent farts. Yeah, no more Mister Nice farts. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I want to say that I, I actually enjoy this one. Um, I, I think I, I kept on getting distracted by the amount of death. Um, they, they actually play low key because obviously this is a comedy. It's all about the comedy. But I mean, starting with the whole lab, I mean, this whole building doesn't seem like it's um, a small building. Um, and, and that's only looking at the, at the floor. It looks like it was in a hill. So I'm assuming that he had a basement for, for lab work um, based on, which is another thing that I, I find hard to, because I, I like to think that there were uh, sealed rooms, but um, he actually killed everyone on that building. And as he's walking or, 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 or riding his scooter through town, he's killing not only the people uh, in a set determined radius to him of, of whatever cloud he was creating, but he's also killing animals, killing birds. They're flying on top of him. Um, and then until and we reach... Holding the... on top of him in certain Exactly. Places. And then... <clears throat> If uh, can can someone find me quickly uh, in in Google the population of Tokyo, uh, and and the, the um, oh, I, I saw that the other day on a YouTube video. Uh, um, I think it's like was it? Was it says here fourteen point oh nine million people. Exactly. Yeah, fifteen million. Yeah, that was that was. That. They're all dead. <laughs> so obviously in this in this film, so. Me, being me, I kept on getting distracted by the fact that all these people are dead. And he's very moronic on the decisions that he's taking. Because oh it's on purpose. Because it's the nature of what this is. a comedy. Uh, but me, being me, I kept on dis- getting distracted by that fact. And this is the reason why I said this is a very, in my opinion... A very very dark comedy that would have been a lot more funny. I mean, it, it was funny and I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, but it would have been something more 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 enjoyable and a lot more funny to me if I could have been able to put that aside, which I, I think I think I think that if they would have changed it for instead of people dying just passing out, it would have been a lot more lighter. Yes, on that on that aspect. I, even I would have enjoyed it more 
And uh, I, even though I, I enjoy it a lot, I, I love this. Mm -hmm. But I think that it would have been more more PG-13 instead of soul touch dark humor. That it's a comedy and you're laughing while it's just mass death. <laughs> and, and you know, you it's, know? it's funny you mentioned that because at the beginning of this, when I saw people dropping, I figure, you know, especially the way they draw them, right? Mm -hmm. I was thinking maybe they fainted. Maybe they're like some sort of like, not necessarily a coma, but they they're, they lost consciousness, right? Yeah. And, and they eventually will wake up when they the smoke dissipates. But when they, it was a halfway point. I'm trying to remember where was it that I realized, because I actually said it, that he is killing all these people. I was like, so these people that I thought were alive, they're actually dead? Yeah. And that's when he got me. And then obviously at the end, when he just opened up the spacesuit and killed everybody in Tokyo, I was like, okay, that's, whoa, <laughs> this is dark. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is really dark. Yep. Um, I would watch it again. It did not raise my heart, my, my, my heartbeat, right? Which yep. most of these hard things. And I think that's the fact that contributed to that is the fact that this was a comedy. It wasn't low bowling the fact that he was killing people. It wasn't like straight out in your face. Um, <laughs> God, if you are not following us on YouTube, you should. Go ahead and follow him. Well, there's something that you and I caught on real quick, but I wanted to ask Ray, what do you think about the soundtracks, Ray? The oh my God, of, the um, soundtracks. Robert and I caught on. I was the first who caught on, and Robert right away, right after me, was like, hey, wait up. <laughs> but what do you think about the soundtracks? Do you like them? Yeah. Did, did you, the did sound, you did they, what it was? Did they sound no. familiar to you? Did they, did they bring you home? Bring me home? Because they brought me home. Really? That one of, one of the, the several music composers of it is Joko Kano. The badass Joko Kano. She's the best, bro. Cowboy oh, okay. Bebop music producer. I was ah. like, this is Cowboy Bebop music. And I was like, yeah. and, he's, and Gio's like, really? It sounds like it. Let me search it. And I he's like, oh, my Kano. God. And then I went searching. I, yep. Joko Kano. <laughs> she's well, bad. yeah, it's in, the, it's in the same ballpark, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So the soundtrack on this thing is 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 fun. So sweet, man. It's is amazing. I mean, I would get the soundtrack on Spotify and just listen to it. It's really cool. Besides Hans Zimmer, the other music music uh, composers that I have like for original soundtracks, mm -hmm. I have all the soundtracks for Cowboy Bebop. Love them. Hey, Nubu, Nujabes too. Rest in peace. I love Nujabes too. Nujabes actually was the reason that I got into lo-fi. Which is the guy that used to do the soundtracks for Samurai and Blue. So uh, we we got the rail slightly, but I want to get an, I, I want to get your guys' opinion on on my thoughts and what I was talking about, how dark this was, and the amount of death on this uh, on on this film. Um, what has been? What was your reaction? And and I kind of I don't know if I want to go with with uh, Captain Chaos first because I kind of expect what his reaction is. Obviously, he recommended this. And it's, mm. it is a fun film. It is a funny film. Um, so what do you think about, what is your thought about that, knowing that you know who I am? 
I think I think that you did stellar, man. Uh, not to get traumatized by the massive amount of death depicted on it. Yeah, our Captain Chaos has no. Uh... <laughs> no, but yeah, I understand what you're going for. Um, what do you think about that raid? About that fact? Did it? It it didn't bother it, you as much as it bothered me, or was it? No, it it, it didn't bother me that much. It's, it's somewhat unrealistic black comedy. It yeah. works as comedy, but it's just not realistic enough to really impact me that heavily. Okay. Uh, obviously, it would be in the news if something like that actually did happen. So, I'm pretty pretty sure that Japan hasn't suffered, <laughs> you know, hundreds of thousands of deaths recently, or at any time in the '90s that I heard about. So. Yeah, pretty peaceful country, except you know, for Fukushima. Not financially, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's a financial is, warfare. <laughs> is, is, is there is there anywhere that's peaceful financially at the moment? Uh, well, no, already. <laughs> nope. I'm bikini bottom. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe. that'd be the only place. <laughs> oh, Chernobyl too. Very peaceful oh, in all the aspects. <laughs> <laughs> 10, 10 out of 10 giant earthworms. <laughs> I would agree with you. Was, was that the... <laughs> How many stars? Oh. <laughs> so many stars. Uh, wow. Um, I was, I was going to say that uh, some of the scenes where he's riding the, the, the moped through the city and there's all the crash cars and ambulances and, and all that there... Um, it reminded me a lot of a movie that you probably haven't seen, and we should really put this one on the list because it is really good. It's called The Quiet Earth from 1985. Have you heard of it? No. I didn't think you would have. Uh, it's it's a New Zealand movie. I'm going to add it. Yeah, the, it's called The Quiet Earth from 85, um, rated M. Uh, it had $600,000 New Zealand bo um, box office. Um, uh, I don't know how much it costs to make. But, um, yeah, I, I saw it back in the 80s, and it really got me thinking. Um, basically, the premise of this movie is that a, a guy um, wakes up uh, from a failed suicide attempt to find himself alone on Earth. Um, there's all cars and stuff crashed and planes and things. Uh, and he's wandering around, and he, and he eventually meets a couple of people. Oh, and he sees a few corpses around as well. Um, but basically, the only people left on Earth are those that were dying at the time this event happened. Hmm. So the three the three people who were the main cast of the movie were dying at the time they got transported to this version of Earth, uh, and the only other people were like people who were dying at the time and continued to die and died, and they're the they're the only corpses, and everybody else is gone. All the all the Livy people are gone. Um, and it's a very thought-provoking movie. Um, so we should probably have a look at that one. But there was a lot of scenes of, you know, crashed cars and there was an ambulance with a corpse in the back of it and stuff like that. And it, this reminded me of that, actually. Um, the the, the um, stink bomb reminded me of The Quiet Earth with, you know, like just lots of dead people. I mean, th there's a lot of movies out there with zombies running around, but there's no zombies in this. Is everybody dies. <laughs> so... I saw, I saw a New Zealand movie, like, uh, not like that per se, but 
there was a zombie movie uh, and it was about a guy that was like kind of stuck on his apartment like he was sleeping for one day or two and then he woke up and everything was gone to hell it was very good it was on amazon i watched it like maybe like six years ago there's a there's another one um called black sheep uh which is a new zealand movie about uh, a genetically engineered sheep that goes rogue and starts killing people oh i like that that reminds me of one of my favorite games goat simulator you're a goat and you just break havoc in the city <laughs> crash cars jump on helicopters with your tongue and hang on them <laughs> i've seen goats doing that i'm sure yeah blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um if if you guys don't have anything else to add i was going to ask um our final question yeah. Um, so last thoughts. Um, not sure who wants to go first or if you want me to go first, because I'm uh, that predictable. I can, I can go first. <laughs> uh we can leave the science the science for laughs. What, what do they say? Uh, la who laughs at last laughs better. <laughs> he who laughs last laughs loudest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I, I would definitely suggest the whole, uh, the, the two, at least for my taste, I, I don't, I'm not saying that it's bad finding uh, Cannon Fodder, which is the third one, but it didn't really catch on my mind, even though I watched it. But from memories, the first and the second movie are just fantastic. And they are completely different, uh, pieces of art on its own uniqueness. And I would definitely suggest it will be something I must at least once. I definitely have watched uh, Magnetic Rose more than 12 times, and I will watch it more. That's how much I liked it. This one uh, is fun, too. It's worth watching several times. You capture also, like, the thing with Otomoto is, like, there's so much in the scene that you can watch it more than once, and you will capture something new every time that you rewatch it. So it's a, it's, a, it's fun watch, and it's dark humor, but it's fun to watch, and... They did a, a masterful work on kind of low-key play mass death. <laughs> yeah. So the, the the way that these three stories are put together, you've got a psychological thriller in space, then then psychological thriller survival horror in space, I guess you call it. Yeah. Uh, then you've got a very, very black comedy, um, which is so ridiculous that it's funny. Um, it, it, it really doesn't stand up as anything logical, but as a black comedy, it's quite amusing. Um, and then um, the, the, the final one is, I, I guess it doesn't quite have the impact of the other two. Um, I, I found it to be a little bit flat compared to the other two, but um, I mean, you can't always hit that perfect rhythm three times in a row. But um, yeah, the first, I, I also agree with Gia that the first two are works of art, and the, the third one it's watchable, but I'd only do it once, I think. Uh, but then you know, other people' experiences may differ. So yeah. um, I mean, give, give, give them all a watch. It's not it's not a long show, so um, you can you can give us your opinion on uh, our Discord if you'd like to join that. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and find out what you thought. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with um, Geo that the first two really, they they hit different notes and they worked well together. Um, going from sort of the psychological thrillery kind of thing to a black comedy, 
with all the sort of military hardware and stuff zooming around was really cool. Um, and um, yeah, the, uh, the first two were really enjoyable and the third one was uh, I'd watch it once. Cool. Um, so my turn. Um, aside from all the negative that I can, um, that, that you already heard me talk about, um, I agree with uh, Captain Chaos where I say that the first two, and also with Ray, the first two are a work of art. Um, not only from the uh, drawing style, but also the music uh, for both. Uh, and, and if you want to get more of our opinions on Magnetic Rose, you can uh, go ahead and listen to our episode there. But um, the music was amazing. The animation style was amazing. Um, and it's, it's, it was a dark comedy. It was enjoyable to watch. Uh, and, and if this means something to you, knowing that if you actually l have listened to the show long enough, especially from season one, then you know me, you know, what type of, you know, uh, shows or movies I find enjoyable. Uh, and if I say that I would watch this multiple times, that should mean something. Take that from Robert, the sweetheart. <laughs> he has a soft center. According to his missus. <laughs> <laughs> so, this was actually my first time watching this. It was recommended by our very own Captain Chaos, and and I enjoy it. I would definitely watch it again. But uh, just like our very own Matt Scientist here mentioned, uh, it, we really want to hear from you. Um, we we love talking about science fiction. So um, go ahead and reach out to us, <clears throat> go into our Discord channel, uh, and, and let us know what you think. Let, let us know, I mean, did you enjoy it? Were, were you a little bit more like me watching this, or Ray, or Chaos? And, uh, and let's start a conversation. So if you were watching our um, <clears throat> YouTube channel, uh, there was a link right there with, um, where you can just scan the QR code. Uh, and, <laughs> and you'll be, um, and, and, and you'll, you'll be on our discord, um, server. Um, obviously if you are listening to this, uh, on the time that it airs, um, we have the invite link in the description of the show. So guys, do we, um, do, should we go for the next segment? Yeah, sure. Uh, we we have a, a gopher here. Um. <laughs> okay, so we're ready for our last segment. The science and sci-fi. Should I go first? Yeah, go for it. Well, I got some information about spacesuits and hazardous deadly gas which I will have Ray later on expand on the hazards that the gas for the spacesuits. I basically, spacesuits are like a super special outfit that astronauts wear to stay safe in space. Imagine a mini spaceship that wraps around the body. It's like suit of armor, but way more advanced. The spacesuit is designed to keep the astronauts safe from the dangerous things in space, like extreme temperatures, lack of air, and even tiny meteorites that could hit them. The suit has a special helmet that protects their head and visor that shields their eyes from the bright sunlight. 
also has layers to keep them warm or cool, depends on where they are in space. The only thing that I think is needed for that to really pass through on what we're seeing they're having to face here is one of the things that space is still not do, which is protect astronauts from things like radiation on space, which still can get through. So they're completely exposed to that if they are not here in this loading spaceship, which is Earth. Um, but besides that, um, the coolest part of a spacesuit is that it has its own air supply. So just like a mini air tank, this means that astronauts can breathe inside the suit even if there's no air around them. So it's like a personal spaceship that lets the astronaut explore space while staying safe and cozy inside a protective layer. Again, once we're, maybe when we get antimatter or some kind of technology that fights radiation, which is something very difficult right now for us to get a job on it. I don't know how advanced we are. Maybe Ray knows something more on it. But maybe then a space is going to become something more powerful or helpful to really get us out there and not really have the human software other than in the exoskeletal uh, structure. The other one is a hazardous deadly gas. The most dangerous thing that I could find there, and it seems that Ray told us there's something more dangerous than that, but it's the hydrogen uh, cyan cyan cyanide, which is cyanide. Like cyanide. There you go, man. That's what I have here. <laughs> <laughs> Not Siamese. Uh, cyanide. <laughs> cyanide. Cyanine. Siamese gas. Oh no, cyanide. <laughs> uh, it is the guy that ha is highly toxic and can pose significant threat even to a person who's wearing a gas mask. Hydrogen cyanate. What? Yeah, that that. Cyanide, 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 cyanide. It's like the color cyan, cyanide, cyanide, cyanide. Uh, it interferes with the body's ability to utilize oxygen, essentially causing cellular asphyxiation. It's a fast, it's a fast-acting poison, uh, and can be lethal. It affects rela uh, relatively on low concentrations. Gas masks are designed to protect against the range of toxic gases and particulates, but their their effective uh, their effectiveness depends on the factor such as specific types of gas, the concentration of the gas, and the fit of the mass, and the duration of exposure. Some gases, which kind of the one of the stink bomb kind of poses the same thing, uh, and like hydrogen, cyanide, did I say it right? Yes. Cyanide. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it can be absorbed through the skin as well, which is what it looks like it happens. It's like it's not even the, the exposure to, to, to breathe it in, but also the exposure to your skin. Uh, the hydrogen also can be absorbed through the skin as well, so it can make protection more challenging. Now, what was that gas that you said, Ray, that is more toxic than even this, which it looks like a menace already? <laughs> Trying to remember when did I say that? <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the, the pre-show, you, you no. mentioned something that is way worse than this. Oh no no no! I was talking about DMSO, which is a a solvent which um, uh, is very dangerous because uh, it will actually allow chemicals to go straight through your skin into your circulatory system. <laughs> you know, like zero. Um, uh, like basically, your skin stops working. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, just go straight in. So if you dissolve like hydrogen cyanide in DMSO and then just splash it on something, they're fucked. <laughs> so, 
done. So oh, basically, okay. you don't keep these two things near each other. Uh, but yeah, um, BMSO is, is a solvent that's used uh, fairly regularly in a lot of chemical reactions. Uh, but it's something that you really don't want to splash on yourself, especially if you dissolve something toxic in it. Yeah. Because it will be inside your skin. <laughs> inside. So in other words, if it falls on my skin, I better not just chopping off the arm real quick. Uh, they, you could try, I suppose. <laughs> but you could bleed to death. Let me, uh, but let yeah. me, let me show you. I'll have an overturn on, so I just put my lymph in there. Let, let me show everybody uh, Siamese. And, and so you know the difference between Siamese and... <laughs> And the cyanide. 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 <laughs> so is this Siamese fiction remnant? Yeah, yeah this is the mascot of our show, uh, Mishu. Little asshole. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, we should, maybe we should run a competition, caption this photo. <laughs> I think it would be fun. <laughs> I think that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just going on to DMSO for a second. Um, it's it's one of those compounds that you know the 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 hack um, uh, sort of spy thriller writers would say, "Oh yeah, I mixed up a sleeping drug in DMSO and put it in a ward pistol." I mean, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh lord, well, yep, knocking knocking people out left right. I'm giving center. people ideas, Ray. Humans <laughs> don't need more ideas than they have. They're very creative to destroy each other. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, DMSO, like, there's all sorts of chemicals that do things that, you know, you've got to be careful of. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it's not so much the DMSO. Well, DMSO can be toxic if you get en enough of it on you, like most things. But um, it, it's it's a solvent that, that can get things into people's systems really quickly. So it's, that's where it's... Um, Effect is, is there any medical use to it? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't answer that question. I'd have to go to Mr. Google and get All some right. information. But um, I, I do believe that it has been attempted to be used um, to get drugs into people's systems before. But I, I think there are side effects. So you've you got to be careful with it. I'd imagine. Yeah. But yeah, um, the the just going back to the spacesuits for a minute. Um, it, it's very interesting that they chose the, the well. Spacesuit design has been one of those things that was in the news a year or so ago when um, the new um, SpaceX spacesuits came out that you know look all trendy and and sort of. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of the band, but I can't think of their name now. But it looked like something that band members would wear. <laughs> And they come out for, for an electronic performance or something like that. But um, <clears throat> spacesuit des design's been one of those things that, you know, you can't achieve every type of protection that you need. In, in It's not an all-in-one thing. But most of the spacesuits that we see, um, you know, like for the Apollo missions, for the space shuttle, for the International Space Station, and now the SpaceX designs are travel suits. So there's something that you wear inside of a ship. Uh, if you're going outside of a ship, you wear an exosuit, which is much bigger. Um, if you look at the ones that they use on spacewalks, the International Space Station, they're huge, chunky things, right? They've got a big backpack. Um, they, they look like they've got multiple layers of, of protection. Um, and um, 
you know, you still it's still very hard to stop cosmic rays and things like that from just passing straight through you because it, it's very hard to slow those sorts of particles down. Uh, so the suits that they were wearing um, in this anime, the design of them looked more like industrial exosuits. So rather than just being space travel suits, which is the lighter version, these were the big chunky ones, and they looked like they had even sort of um, uh, sort of um, jacket-esque sort of power suit kind of mobility. So they weren't just a, a passive suit. They were what's, what's called an active suit. So they had, because they were so big and chunky and heavy, it'd be impossible for a person to move them around under their own power. They need like, like servos and things to be able to move them around, which would require a bigger backpack for a bigger power supply and all that sort of thing. So the, these are more sort of industrial um, exosuits rather than just spacesuits per se. Uh, and that, you know, that, that would enable them to contain extra protection um, and to theoretically keep that contaminant, whatever that guy was producing, uh, out of the suits. Um, but then the question comes in, what happened after he lost control in the tunnel? Uh, as Geo was saying, uh, it's very likely that uh, his anti-technological um, part of whatever what he, he was producing shut the suits down, and then he may have tried to open one up to help the guy out, and he killed him, and then decided to get in the suit. I guess that may have been what happened. That's all I can think of. Do you guys, can you guys think of any other reason he would have climbed into the suit? Well, he seemed bent, uh, bent into getting into Tokyo to turn that suitcase back to his boss. And he was like, doesn't matter what everybody would say, that's what he wants to do. So he was going with James Bond on them and hiding in plain sight. <laughs> I think I think that it was more part of making the plot more comical than anything else. The twist. Honestly, a guy so oblivious and moron, moronic wouldn't have the smarts really to even get on that suit. So it doesn't make sense that he knows how to even get on the suit, but he doesn't understand direct simple communication from his grandma. You know? <laughs> and 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 you know these suits aren't, you know like one size fits all they aren't they aren't simple to use you've got to be trained in them yeah so it, there were, it there is literally a of, rocket science <laughs> it, there was a lot of reaching in this story to get the comedy to work I gotta yeah say. yeah definitely they went yeah. they went above and beyond for it <laughs> park, park your logic at the door oh god <laughs> but yeah it was still fun yeah, you know what's everybody dies kind of way yeah it's fun <laughs> everybody died <laughs> yeah rocks rocks for everybody dies. and 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 we all laugh about it oh wow oh dear yeah but as i alluded to in the main part of the discussion um i don't see how one person's body could produce that amount of cloud that had that amount of effect mm-hmm but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's the story. You got to. You, it's it's not trying to be serious, so yeah, you just have to have to give it a pass. Just let it let it pass. Let it go. Let it go. 
Let the fire let it go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I wanna see I wanna see uh Captain Kale singing that song with a with a blonde wig. <laughs> I think you better see a doctor. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> Oh my God, he's going to actually do it. He's going to go off and get his blonde wig. He's going to do it right on the show. So if you're not watching on YouTube, you're going to miss out. <laughs> and of course, um, if you're going to check this show out on YouTube just to see Gio in a blonde wig, you should really um, sub to to the channel because if we can get ten thousand subs then um Gia's gonna write whatever you guys choose on his butt cheek. Let it go let it go let the fire release her on let it go let it go make sure you don't get some more oh my god I'm sweating for you this year let the farts rage on. <laughs> the sharks never bother me anyways. Oh, no. The fart ninjas died. <laughs> there my good. I made that shit on the flight. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I found another pocket, I guess. <laughs> Oh dear! <sighs> I, I, I hope we're run out of fart jokes now <laughs> after this episode. I don't think that we will. Is there, we even have an original soundtrack now for farts, bro. <laughs> I am I am really disappointed in you guys. There is no science in farts. <laughs> Methane. That's everything that is in farts. Methane. I... <laughs> Highly flammable damage. It's actually hydrogen sulfide that makes the stink. Just so you know. <laughs> and there the we thing go. is what makes it actually flammable. <laughs> hey, I love watching videos of people being stupid and lighting their asses on fire <laughs> and regretting it later. <laughs> There's a lot of that going around YouTube. Yeah, you should not use your butthole as a fire torch. Never. <laughs> Dusting and so, oil. So if you want to see Geo doing that, you can join his only farts. <laughs> <laughs> Look, bro. Look, bro. Let's make it to one million followers. And I'll... <laughs> wow, then... we're gonna be busy. Yeah, oh, we're one million subscribers, bro. Hey. Well, he needs. Me just light my ass on fire as a torch. He needs money for the medical bills, so that's why. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh my God. Hey, I grew up watching Jackass, bro. I'm just not gonna do it for free. Joker says, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. <laughs> oh wow so is that is that all the science no 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 science about fart that's all oh man i'm sad <laughs> well i i did know that um uh, mythbusters did a whole episode on the science of farts <laughs> interesting <laughs> oh god Okay, so I think this concludes the show. <laughs> <laughs> Until we get some more baked beans. <laughs> we, we just ran out. <laughs> no more farts. <laughs> You'll see. Today, later, 
raise kids gonna be like dad you freaking drain him <laughs> doesn't got anything on him anymore <laughs> <laughs> no more batteries in the toy <laughs> no it's fine <sighs> well uh, again thank you so much for being uh, just one more week with us uh, on our show I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode we have a lot of fun um, <clears throat> and I hope you guys had fun too uh, remember, we are very curious uh, to hear your thoughts, so you could actually join our Discord um, and, or reach out to us on Ext. Um, <clears throat> you can go into our uh, sciencefictionremnant.com. Um, you can go into our YouTube. Um, so if you want to see our faces during this episode uh, and some of the things that we get distracted on, that's the place to go get it. And remember, if um, we get, what is it, Gio? How many subscribers? Uh, one million subscribers, and I use my ass torch. No, but the other one. because you know, uh, that... 10K ass to two, man. 10,000 yeah. subscribers. And I'm going to make a poll or do one to two that I offer everybody. The two is a Spartan doing the hard sign, saying Spartan on the streets, lover in the sheets. Or we can make a poll and we can tattoo whatever the majority agrees on yeah, yeah. sci-fi related sci-fi related please so awesome thank you so much we really really appreciate um you supporting us um again <clears throat> since we started in season one i would not have expected uh that we would have a season two uh and it's all because of you so we really really appreciate you guys um and, and the support and the conversation. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thank you very much. And we'll see Until you next time. See you next week. Bye. Well, this is all for now. Reach out to us and let us know what do you think about this episode. Share your comments and let us discuss this episode and any ideas on topics you would like us to discuss on future episodes. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sci-Fi Remnant. Would you like to join our Discord server? The link is posted in the description. Remember, if you like this show, do share, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Doing this will help others find and enjoy this show. Thank you. See you next time. This is Science Fiction Remnant, signing off.